You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. house and i tell him i went to this church that i think it was like a cult and it come to find out <laughs> and come to find out that that's the church that he goes to <laughs> and so it just made everything really super awkward and that's hilarious oh and we never saw each other again <laughs> no. no regrets the money consoles me Finna take over, no more makeup shit. You know my crew been doing it since the 80s, bitch. We run the shit, make them bow down, king and shit. The talk. You're, you're adorable. You're <laughs> incomparable. You're reigning champion, Ned Hastings. Hello, guys. How's it going, Ned? It's good to be back. Yeah, dude. Yeah, good to have you back. Defending my title. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had a lot of guests. You, uh... I didn't, I didn't realize I was uh, the best one. <laughs> yeah, well, don't tell the others. They're really good people. <laughs> I think you just did. It'll be cut out in editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we love them all. Yeah. yeah. We grade on a curve and everyone's gotten the A. It's just we had to throw your grade out of the curve because... Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, everyone still would have gotten an A. You're an A plus, I'm, Ned. <laughs> We love you. Now I'm going to put like in the show notes, hey, Aqua Teen, fucking, we're blowing it up. And it'll be like two minutes of, you know, just your standard info. That's how I, that's how I hoodwink the audience. That's how we pull in those numbers. <laughs> Last time on Thunder Talk and Ring of Thunder, Sexy Thor and Lightning Lad gorged themselves on hot sauce and behaved like fucking swine. Feels good. That sweet heat. It's hot as fuck, but... Ugh, yeah. Chewing the mic, dude. I keep telling you, man. <laughs> Sorry, I have manners. Don't let he get you, man. Come on, banal, banal nerd fucking banter, man. Oh, my God. Give it up, dude. Oh, fucking clock in, like, Yeah. Yeah, I'm a poser. What of it? All the capsinoids going up against my nerves, hardcore. Pepper extract means like table pepper. Yeah. Just condensed and like weaponized, but fucking weaponized. Oh shit, this hurts so much. This hurts. In the spice fields, God can't hear you scream. <laughs> capsinoids sounds like, like an Atari video game alien villain uh, adversary. Hot sauce has been my favorite toxic relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's at least my third. <laughs> but this one doesn't require penicillin when it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we're not doing that bullshit gimmick again. But Kavika inquired about these two jack-offs, rectal health, and, of course, they responded. We now join another tasteless conversation already in progress. 
Fucking Kavika doubting my hot sauce game. No, I here. just I wanted to know about the, Look, your pet name for your asshole. No, no, I don't have a pet name for my asshole. <laughs> hey, I'm not hey, into ass stuff. Hey, hey, Dan, how's your armory? Uh, <laughs> that was in reference to my <laughs> hot sta- hot sauce stash supply weapons cache. Take us to the hot sauce cave. Oof. Down below. <laughs> well, I think I think Sexy here had a hot sauce cave. Oh, man. The saucery? Ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one week in a month, two weeks a year. Yeah. The underground pepper plant. <laughs> so speaking of uh, back-end uh, specialties, I guess, we just had a continuation of horrible things that happen with our sewer oh the yeah. ongoing Ooh. saga of <laughs> beth and kavika's fucking sewer that's right welcome to homeownership yo yeah. oh man <laughs> we had revenge of the sith on easter sunday huh revenge of the shit <laughs> exactly oh. revenge of the shits you literally can't spell sith without shit coming easter 2022 so Easter Sunday, we go to go to a breakfast, right? We're like, oh, man, there'll be nobody out. They're all going to be at church, everything. We're going to slide right into a great breakfast. We'll go to the trendy places where it's always busy. Applebee's. Yeah, and I get it. Oh, God, I hate Applebee's so much. <laughs> but um, we go to pull out the yard, and I see all this, like, white kind of next to our clean-outs. And I was like, they're just trash blow in the yard what's going on anyway i go over there and there is a whole bunch of toilet paper everywhere and you can see where the ground is still wet and it has overflowed recently wait whoa, like, whoa, whoa. wait and this isn't like you got teepeed toilet paper n- no this was soaked used toilet paper yeah it wasn't in the trees Th- this was your toilet paper showing up in your yard Yes. Yes. Oh my God, dude! The, the the shit has risen. Easter Easter Sunday. Yeah. You see, and that's uh, usually when you know that there's something wrong. Is yeah, yeah, like I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'd agree when, with that when statement. When the poop starts flying out, you know that there's something yeah. wrong. So I'm like, oh man, we gotta get to the bottom of this and figure out what's going on. I'd rather get adjacent to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where that toilet paper is supposed to be. <laughs> Ew. I have her go and like run a load of laundry so we can force a whole bunch of water down and immediately starts flowing up in our laundry room. And so we knew we had an issue. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it was horrible. Um, so I called the plumber and I was like, Hey, I just paid $10,000 to fix this. Right. Uh, <laughs> What is going on? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, please send help now. $10,000. Yeah, Adam, $10,000, yeah. Because you have that laying around all the time. Oh, yeah, because every motherfucker's got $10,000 in their back pocket. Yeah. Is, uh, is at the very southeastern edge of the uh, southern Appalachian escarpment. Uh, yep. We're roughly a thousand feet above sea level, uh, which on the east coast means something. Whereas I think most of South Carolina just fucking sucks. Wheatley, am I right about that? Eh, I 
don't know. Myrtle Beach in that whole area is pretty cool. Yeah, it's Myrtle Beach. I said most, dude. I didn't say there weren't other <laughs> pockets. I didn't say that Greenville was like the center of civilization in this whole state. What, well, I mean, the cool thing about uh, South Carolina is that you have the coast, right? Yes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think we ever really uh, podcasted about our time in Myrtle Beach, Kavika. I mean, we did a little Beth. bit. We did mm. a little bit. I'm the one that puts this bullshit together, and I don't remember. Us, <laughs> I don't remember us bullshitting about that a whole lot, like on the mic. I, I think we referenced that we were able to collectively come together and celebrate our friendship on the beach while we were drinking <laughs> massive amounts of tequila, and yeah, beer, and uh, nursing me through <laughs> eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. I get there. I meet you on the beach after breakfast. My first words to you is, hey, how y'all doing? And your first words to me, Kavika, was, tell me you brought the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> the massive the gallon of tequila, which she knew I had. And, yeah, we, we started having a good time. And of course I brought the bottle. Of course I did. And what, a couple of like monster energy drinks <laughs> because, yeah, it was, it was, because it was, it was before a- noon. <laughs> it was definitely uh, full of bad decision making. Oh, so so no. wait, you have a, the, te- the, te- the tequila story with Dan as well? Ah, uh, yeah, I think everybody has a tequila <laughs> yeah. story with Dan. Yeah, you know, like that's so. kind of like his thing, is it, Mo? Everywhere he goes, he brings a bottle of tequila, and then suddenly a forefoot disappears when you blink. Like, wait, where? <laughs> Dan? A what? Dis- what? Remember that the the that, that the bottle of Patron? I brought that one year dragon. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the yeah. precursor to the incident at the Mestro Cafe. No, no, that's me, dude. That's me, just yeah. like curly dude running out the door just like can't catch me (laughs) (laughs) no i could have easily caught you that was the bad part (laughs) yeah well i still would have had all your tequila in me so i owe wheatley money but he doesn't want to say it so he comes at me sideways like this no. We'd really, if I if I cut this fucker a check for like I, I drink like twenty seven dollars worth, is that fair? No, it was a communal bottle. I bring it for everyone to drink. But when I see that much disappear one time, hey, hey, you save that, you save that, and yet you keep fucking needling me about it. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, when, the, when, the, when the fourth of a bottle disappears at one time, and the results afterwards, you're gonna man, like, man, it's gonna, man. It's for the stories, man. It's for the stories. I was, that was my first night of Dragon Con ever. Oh, you got, it hit you like a train, didn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, I think that's why I've been able to make uh, those fucking sweet night moves all over this <laughs> Dragon Con is because I threw my face into like the belt sander of it. My first time, my first forty-eight hours there. Good times. What were you saying, Mark? I was going to say that I was supposed to be up in Myrtle Beach with you guys. Yes, um, you that were. That was the original plan. Yes, and, it was. Uh, unfortunately, I was recovering from surgery, and I was on a lot of painkillers. And well, actually, you know, I stopped taking the painkillers uh, because the painkillers were stopping me from because going Because Dan to- came over and stole them all out of your medicine <laughs> cabinet. Oh, they weren't even those type of painkillers, you know, like, I, you know, like the painkillers that will uh, make you feel a certain way. These were just like making me painless yeah, <laughs> and also stopping me from going to the bathroom. So for that reason, I had to stop taking them, period. And yeah. um, and uh, mm. I just couldn't sit in the car for five or six hours. You know what I mean? I would never have been comfortable. I was. 
I was very uncomfortable just sitting around my house. And so they did laser reasons, surgery I, on you. They did laparoscopic, right, yeah. bunch of little laser holes. Yeah. So, you know, obviously <laughs> I definitely missed a good time. <laughs> yeah. We, we have, we and had a good time. I, I, I love Myrtle Beach. You know, I, I've been up there a couple of times. My niece used to do competitive cheerleading at Myrtle Beach and it was always an excuse for us to go check things out and, and, uh, have a good time. That sounds like a Myrtle Beach activity, dude. Right, right. Well, the the shocking thing about that was, in my mind, I always had, you know, a cheerleader looks a certain way. But what I didn't understand about chair competitions was that it's all folks from all different walks of life. And you will see big girls up on the stage flipping around like it is no thing doing gymnastics. And that was like the biggest shocker for me. I was like, whoa. I had no idea, you know, and then you also saw like girls walking by with ice on their knees, ice on their elbows, <laughs> Probably temper, ice on everything, everything, you know, like one of the girls in my niece's troop, she got hurt during uh, practice, you know, nice. so yeah, right, that happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, yeah. Um, so that was interesting. But they have a really cool bagel shop up in Myrtle Beach. Um, the owners are from the northeast somewhere i wouldn't i wouldn't go out and say that they're new yorkers but wow those bagels taste like they're straight out of new york and you know i wanted to say to them i'm like what do you import your water down here like what is it that's what they say they say that's the secret (laughs) that is the secret the the bagels and the pizza Mm -hmm. dough Right, right. You know, like a lot of people from the Northeast, when they move down South, they always try to look for places that have, you know, like New York style. And some places say New York style, and it is so not New York style. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have the Nextdoor app on my phone. And like this person said, hey, I just moved into the area. Can you recommend any good Mexican restaurants? And boy, did my next door app like blow up because everyone had an opinion. Yeah, well, everybody loves Mexican food. Yeah, yeah. This is the best place. No, don't go in. That place sucks. This is really the best place. You know, <laughs> it, it was just like I learned so much about Mexican food in my own neighborhood. It was just mind boggling. All right, I'm done. <laughs> well, next time we come come out, you know, you're gonna have to take us to uh, mm-hmm. your your favorite Mexican restaurant. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I can do that. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're all staying at Mark's. Mark, I've been to Mark's. Mark has the space for all of us. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't listen to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey Dan, you got some of that sweet sweet ESO commercials for us? Uh, go uh, go check in the fridge. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So Ned. Yes. Uh, what role did you play on the production of Aqua Teen Hunger Force Forever, Plantasm? And uh, what are your other general responsibilities and productions you've been a part of at Adult Swim? 
Okay. Well, that's a big question. Um, it's like four questions rolled into one. I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an annoying journalist like that. Uh, well, I'm, I at heart am an editor uh, in terms of the, what I do on the show. Right. Uh, I'm an editor, and what we are doing as editors is in an episode, which I'll go ahead and jump back and say that I started working uh, with Space Coast, Coast to Coast. Mm, all the way and back. Then, and then segued into Aquatine Hunger Force, right. which they overlapped. That first season of Adult Swim, they were given the green light to make, I think it was six Aquatines and six Space Ghosts. Okay. Um, the same team, the same crew, because the guys that created Aqua Teen were at that time the producers and writers on Space Ghost. Space Ghost is one of those that all the producers worked on at one time or another, and it would just sort of, one guy would work on it, or two guys or something would work on it for a little while, and then they'd get kind of out of ideas, and then somebody else would jump in, and then somebody else. And so over the course of that show, it had a few showrunners. So right. the guys who created Aqua Teen were the showrunners at that time, and I had gotten in with them while I was uh, while I was working on some Space Ghosts. And so they actually brought me in to work at Adult Swim on the Space Ghost half of that season, okay. uh, that opening season. Although they did pull me over to work on some... Aquatine, and I think the first episode I cut all the way through as an editor was the audio for the first Moon and Nights episode. Oh, cool. Okay. One of my favorites. Yeah. So they, the Moon and Nights have kind of a soft spot for me because they were kind of my entree uh, into the series. And, um, and also because they have such a particular pattern to the way they speak. Yeah. Right. And that, right. that was not on paper. And Matt and Dave recorded there they're the voice Matt and Dave are the writers and creators of Aquatine and they are also the voices of the Moonanites. Right. Um and they recorded like we always do, recorded everything separately. So we we found that cadence and that style of the way they talk in the edit suite, in the editing process. And so that's one of the things about those characters I really love is because I even when other people have edited them, they've edited them the same kind of way in terms of that overlap, lots of overlap. Um, er, kind of always repeating what Enignox says, but in a different right. way. <laughs> right. Um, so they, 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 they took your style and ran with it in the, in editing. Well, that's became, I mean, it, it wasn't just me. I mean, it was, sure. but, uh, yeah, I mean, what we decided on in that episode became right. what those characters are, you know? Right. No, we don't. Marijuana is illegal. What about nitrous, man? Shut up, her. Fryman, we're full of religion now. Everyone, please bow your heads and pretend to be serious. Do it or I'll bow them for you. That's unusual. Normally, a character is is purely provided by the voice actors and the writers. In this case, it's the voice actors and the writers and the way that they're cut together. Right. Um, at that point, now I've gotten into a little bit of what I do. What what we do is, and it's kind of a weird uh, way. The way we make the shows. Not every animated show is done this way. In fact, I doubt any of them are. But Obviously, we record our audio first. A lot of shows do that. Everybody's recorded separately. Um, so then we cut it together and make what we call a radio play. Right. And we like to start there. We start with the script and the audio first. And because in, in our minds, um, A, if it doesn't sound funny by itself, then, you know, it, I mean, it, it, can, it, will, it can be funny because there's some visuals. But we really wanted the dialogue and the sound of the the conversation and the lines to kind of speak for themselves so you can hear a radio play of, a, of any aqua teen episode not just ones obviously that i've worked on or a squidbillies episode which i also worked on 
or mm-hmm. even a Space Ghost, where um, you've got you know maybe half the show is going to be the video of the interview, and then the rest is the characters. If you listen to it, it's still going to be funny. You're right. still going to laugh, even without right. the visuals. Um, right. The visuals will add to that and make it even funnier. But we always want it to work that way. And also because, you know, they write the scripts and sometimes they're kind of weird and esoteric and they don't necessarily kind of make sense. And you want to make sure that you're picking the lines, reads that are going to sell the idea that they're trying to get across. They're going to make that make sense. And they're like, well, let's make sure this makes sense. If we need to rewrite it, let's do that before we start cutting video. You know, sure. Right. Um, and then also they do because we record everybody separately and because everybody is funny, uh, they do lots of ad libbing. And right. so I'll get a script that's, you know, 12, 13, 14 pages and they'll give me that audio. But then also they're ad libbing as they go. So sometimes somebody will ad lib like Dana Snyder, the voice of Master Shake, will do an ad lib and then. Dave Willis, who's the voice of Carl and Meatwad, will remember that Dana did that ad lib. So then he'll do some ad libbing. So then I've got all these like kind of orphan audio that doesn't have a script, but <laughs> I can see the idea that they're going after. And so I'll just go off on that little side road with them and cut something together to to say, okay, you 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 know, they took time to to kind of play with this idea in the audio suite. So let's see if this works. And sometimes those little side trips replace the original script. Um, sometimes. Right. They stay in and they cut some of the script and some of that so that we can get both things in. Um, but our first passes of audio are usually really long because we like we like everything to get in there one way or right. another, you know. Right. And that's not to say. I mean, sometimes they listen to those those little side trips and they're like, well, that's I see what you try to do there. But that's not what we were going for. Let's use these lines and go. Let's develop that idea in this way. So. Either way, you're still we're still kind of playing around with uh, with things that they're doing in the audio booth and saying, you know, oh, here's a funny idea. Let's let's develop this. You know, because sometimes the stuff just occurs to them while they're in the booth and they think they, they realize, well, this is funny. Sure. So we like to get the audio as nailed down as we sort of can before we start cutting video because it gets a little bit more involved at that point. So then we do start cutting video is basically we've got the backgrounds are Photoshop files. The characters are QuickTimes and freeze frames. And so we're building like a very rudimentary picture of how we see the show looking, you know, what, right. you know, um, and sometimes it's basically nuts and bolts. It's a scene and, and you got to cut the way a scene is supposed to look. You know, it's got you start with a wide shot and then you got your one, your two shot and your close ups and you're over the shoulders and your close ups. And, right. you know, you want to you want to develop the timing of the rhythm, the visual rhythm of the scene that way, using these very basic elements. It looks pretty good. We'll add in eye movements and, or, or a smile or a frown or something uh, visual to um, denote the performance of the character. But we're not animating. We're not that, you know, we're cutting from one face to another face. Right. There's none of that actual, like, so the eyes don't actually move. They kind of look like they do because of how persistence of vision works. But, sure, you know, right. Uh, right. Uh, 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 which is a whole chapter of a film book. Um, yeah. But. <laughs> It's basically what we're creating is an animatic that then an animatic, yeah. Story, your story is kind of yeah. yeah. Right. It's like a moving storyboard is how I always yeah, put it. Right. So now that's how we did the shows, the episodes. Right. With the movie now, we we did do a radio play, went through several cuts and several changes and several you know uh, iterations. Um, but the video was all done by our animators animation studio. It's called Bento Box. Um, okay. So they were actually animating animatics 
And we were taking those and cutting them uh, sometimes because they were, were, you know, if we gave them audio and they started cutting their video to that audio, but we're still cutting the audio, I would get, you know, the video back and my scene is now a minute shorter and their scene is too long video wise. So then we're kind of cutting things to match up our audio and to kind of conform everything together. But uh, this was definitely the first project that I've worked on where I did not do any of the initial video producing. I, right. I, I might, you know, work with what they're giving me, but uh, they were still giving us the, the video off the from the get go. Uh, so that was kind of a new a new thing for us. Um, I should say, by the way, at this point with the movie, because a movie is I mean, an episode of Aqua Teen is 11 minutes. This movie right. is 100 and. Uh, about a hundred minutes, ninety minutes, something like that. Sure, right. So this is a whole season's worth of <laughs> yeah, video right. and audio. So we started out with, I think it was, I'm trying to remember now if it was three editors or four editors that we started with, and basically we just took the script and just chopped it up into four sections and said, "Here's your section. Here's your section. Start cutting." Right. Uh, I should also inject here that when we're doing those radio plays that I'm, that I mentioned, it's not just the dialogue. We're putting in sound effects. We're putting in music, anything to kind of make the story work. Right. So that is what I do. By the end of the movie, we had winnowed it down to just three editors. The movie's in three acts and each editor was working on an act. And at that point, each of us had kind of moved around the movie some where each of us had kind of touched part of the movie or most of the movie at different right. times. But then by the end, uh, it, it, you know, there comes a point where you say, okay, we've got to put this all in one place, one editor to just sort of guide this thing over the finish line. So right. by that, by the end, that was me on this one. Uh, it, wasn't, right. it wasn't last time, but it was this time. Right. It, mainly again, just because I'm a staff editor as opposed to freelance editors that we had working on it that work for us. Right. Um, and I've been on Aquatine since sort of the beginning. And, um, and and I had already worked on, at one time or another, every aspect of the movie. Because I started in one section, I moved to a different section. You know, so by that time, I was familiar with the entire movie. Uh, even if I hadn't cut it all, I was sure. probably the most familiar with it. So um, right. at that point, yeah, then I became kind of the senior editor on the project and because we're doing so much stuff kind of on our own without a lot of input, we're also basically acting as producers and editors too. So by, by virtue of that, I ended up getting a, a producer credit on the movie also, which is great. Very exciting. Whoop, whoop. Well, you earned it. It was nice for them to do. Yeah. Very cool. This is, this is your baby, a baby <laughs> with a lot of parents and you're, you're certainly one of them. It is. It is a baby with a lot of parents. Yes, that's for sure. Very cool. I should reintroduce you as producer among <laughs> several of Aqua Teen Forever, Plantasm, Ned Hastings. The word that gets tossed around a lot these days is predator. Predator. <laughs> because, and it's because so many people are editors because of the readiness of software. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many people do things on their own right. without a producer sort of standing over them. So there, there are people in the company now that are producer editors, and so the word became predator. The predator, everybody, look out. <laughs> Anyway, Plumber shows up Easter Sunday morning, 
he goes to snake it a couple times and he goes, I can't clear it. It's the city's problem. And I go, oh, yeah. Like, so I need to call the city. He's like the clean out and where he was snaking was at our new clean out that we had put in at the riser. So he was snaking like what? 10, 12 feet from where our line ends and meets the city main. Yeah, which is like 12 feet down there or something. Anyway, he tells us this is a city problem. You're going to have to call the city. So I do. I call the city. I get a hold of the city and they go, okay, we'll be there. You know, we'll be there shortly, ma'am. I was like, what? This is on Easter Sunday. (laughs) This is Easter Sunday. So I, well, I think I explained the fact that that we had shit backing up into our home. Yeah. And this is the city's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that incentivized That's reasonable. That's reasonable. (laughs) City gets here, and the guy looks at it and says, okay, I'll send out a crew. Crew comes out several hours later, and they hydrojet from the two manholes. So from an alleyway to... Hydrojet? Hydrojet. That's not, that's you know, not it's like those like, really cool jetpacks that you use like, on a lake. Well, I mean, it's like a, a fancy enema for the, the main sewer. <laughs> <so>. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was at the line, at well, at the manhole where they were like putting the water in and I got to stand at the other manhole and we were standing there like waiting for something to happen. And then the city guy that was there, he's like, uh, you might want to step back. So we step back and like, we hear the water come and it comes like shooting up around the manhole cover. I got, I got to see the exciting part of the hydro jetting. You got to see the hydro jet. So yeah, it gets hydro jetted. The city looks at it. Our, our line is still blocked. And they said, well, Back to this, uh, you know, it's the plumber's fault. Oh, fuck. Right? <laughs> See, I, I saw that coming. I saw that coming. Jesus Christ. So here it is. Uh, Easter Sunday, late afternoon. I, I I give the plumber a call and they're like, sorry about you. Soonest we can get to you is tomorrow morning. And they'll send out a plumber. They send out a plumber. He reviews it. He snakes it th- this next morning. He gets there like 10, 1030 or something. Uh-huh. Clears it. Outstanding. He gets into the riser with his camera and everything goes, that'll be $2,600. You motherfucker. Yeah, we need a new riser. Oh, shit. What even the fuck is a riser? You've been mentioning this this whole time, and I figured it would eventually become self-evident. Now it's $2,600. What the fuck are you even talking about now? Your house, it's sewer line. It runs however long. And then right above where it's supposed to drop down into the city main, that length of vertical pipe is called the riser. Got it. So your sewer line is the horizontal mm-hmm. and the riser is the vertical. Yeah. And it is, you know, um, it might outer limits be- joke here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's like, okay, well, the soonest we can get back to it is going to be in a couple of days. Thursday. Thursday. And we're like, oh, okay. What's going to be happening till Thursday? <laughs> well, we're just going to. Once again, not put paper down there. Yeah, because our line was still connected. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And he's got it open again. And, you know, he's like, we'll find out more when we start digging. And so they start digging Thursday and Friday. And so right about Friday, so it's rained a couple times because it only rains whenever, of course, we have a hole in the ground. Um, He gets down to the bottom. It's like 10 feet down there, 11 feet. And he goes... "Um, Ma'am, we have an issue. Dude. And I was like, okay, what's the issue? He's like, well, 
the city has a clay main and your riser is concrete and it's like four or five hundred pounds and has been slowly crushing the clay pipe. The city's fucking portion. The city's of portion. The riser. <sighs> and so he's like, you're going to where the riser meets the main. <laughs> You're going to have to get a hold of the city. Actually, we've already done that for you. They're sending out an inspector. Okay, well, that's good. So the inspector gets there that evening and looks at it and goes, yep, we're going to have to come out here and replace it. Jesus. And so it's Friday evening. And I'm like, okay, so when do we be well, We don't work on the weekends, and it's too late to start now. And so we're like, okay, that's fair. Christ. Whatever. So they show up Monday morning with like – Another backhoster. Now there's two backhoes back there and like six other dudes. And they start digging and reinforcing walls. And they dig even deeper because it's like they have to get to the bottom of the pipe and everything and make it bigger. You know, so this hole just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and deeper uh. and deeper. They're, they're working and we see all this crew out there. So it gets to be about four o'clock. I'm like, okay, well, uh, let me go check on it. And I look out there. There's nobody there. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Right. There was a whole bunch of equipment and people out there. Uh, so I kind of stalk out there and I look down and there's this huge hole. And of course, we are not connected in any way, shape or form to the this. riser is completely gone. The riser is completely gone. So you guys are shit. You guys are shitting in a in, in <laughs> well, not in your toilets or well, uh, I don't know. We'll I don't know if people there. need to know this. I don't know if you need the people to know this. Just I, wait. I'm sure you found. <laughs> so okay. The, the guy comes back around the garage and he goes, oh, we were just coming to get you. And I was like, uh-huh. Sure you were. And the motherfucker that's like, hey, you know, the city bought those donuts. There's like eight, four <laughs> left. I know they're kind of stale, but, you know, my kids it's like four, them. It's four o'clock. They're like, um, we're we're done for the No, day. that motherfucker, like the last person <laughs> that you ran into, yeah. grabbing whatever breakfast freebies Correct. were left over. Yes. No, he was grabbing something off the ground and was they were going to skedaddle without telling us anything. And I was like, well, your supervisor said that you're going to uh, put something temporary in place so we'll be able to use our facilities. So you can go He's to the like, goddamn bathroom. He's like, oh, you know, no, they've that's... been working toilets, I think, like back in fucking Rome, I think is when they figure <laughs> that shit out for a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, like, OK. I mean, expectations. He's it, it, like, um, yeah, you're going to have to call the plumber. <laughs> I go, yeah, but you're supposed to do something temporary. He's like, we're going to need to go to the restroom and do it. He's like, oh, just go. It's no problem. I was like, what do you mean it's no problem? It's just going to it's gonna come out this one pipe, and then it's going to slowly sludge down in this huge hole and fill it up until, like, it's, a, you know, one It's a shithole until it's, it's a, a fucking shithole. Shit you may as well go dig a fucking hole and, and just fucking pioneer style that shit. Yeah. You may as well take a like, road dump in your backyard. Literally. Literally. And he's like, it's no problem. It's no problem. And uh, you know, and so obviously it's no problem for him, and it's not because it's not his, his fucking problem. house. <laughs> <laughs> and he's already done. He doesn't have to go back in that hole. Yeah, they 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 take it. They've moved all their equipment out. They ain't doing anything left, right? They have. Did they replace the clay bullshit with something? Yes. So there's. But it's like, up to your plumber to connect it. Yes. Exactly. Modern Musicology is a podcast covering topics on rock and pop, ranging mostly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, with occasional excursions into the 60s and aughts, and even occasionally the 2010s. Anything is fair game. Classic rock, R&B, folk, punk, prog, 
rap, metal, and way more with two Americans, one Brit, a ton of fun, and a healthy dose of cynicism. Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast with Mark McRae. It's a pretty long name. In fact, <laughs> half the time I just put Best Saturdays and then whatever the hell it is we're talking about. Uh, what, what are we talking about tonight? In 1971, <laughs> Action for Children's Television had the FCC commission a study to see where Saturday morning can be improved. And the fact that the networks were open to getting some type of educational content on the air, this fantastic pro-social, educational, interstitial series, yeah. Schoolhouse Rock was born. Usually on your show, when you're talking that era of Saturday morning, the uh, that what is it, the act, Committee for Action, Action for Children's, Children's Television. Yeah. They're usually your villain. They are. They are the villains. They're, they're usually <laughs> the guy that makes Superman go away or, you know, Batman not punch people or, you know. But in this instance, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, this is this is one of the times when uh, if, you're, if you're covering the Archies or if you're covering this, they're the good guys. Solomon right. Grundy and Wonder Woman made a back a backdoor deal, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it turns out some yeah. good came of it. You know, is the Legion of Doom? Uh, you know the. I don't know the Wonder Twins Club, the Justice League, you know, Super Friends. Know, are they going? Are, okay. are they down well, with it? Actually, this was Not still really, Super but hey. Friends was still yet to come. They just couldn't punch anybody okay. yet. Oh my God! See, that's what happens when I talk about when I use those kind of references with nerds, right? Okay, hey, with old nerds, <laughs> with aged nerds. I mean that affectionately, <laughs> affectionately. No, I'm 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 terminally nerd. I just uh, you know I like sport. I like punk rock. <laughs> you know, I speak Klingon, but I know how to talk to a lady in Klingon. In yeah, there Klingon. you go. <laughs> so let, let's let's talk let's talk about Super Friends. Super Friends had those little interstitials, and, right, and right. those would be those would be sort of modular. They could pull those out and put in a Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, you know, absolutely! Aquaman telling you how to get something if it gets out of your eye. It gets something out of your eye. I remember <laughs> literally there was one about that. Yeah, Just rotate yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, poor Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, he was helpful. All right. <laughs> You know, like there is a, uh, I have the Filmation Aquaman on DVD and the commentary is really great because they have like these comic book scholars talking about how the Super Friends single-handedly ruined Aquaman's reputation and, <laughs> and how <laughs> Filmation's Aquaman was a boss. Just because he puts little harnesses on flying fish and, and wears one on each foot. <laughs> They act like that was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> you know, and Aquaman also got cut out of Filmation's Justice League cartoons, too. He <laughs> he shows up in the open, but he doesn't pop up for any of the adventures. And folks on the Filmation pages are always debating why Aquaman, right? like, why he didn't show up in any of the episodes. And I'm like, it's just simple. All the episodes took place in space. What is Aquaman going to do in space? And they weren't going right. to, they would have to change the whole story right. around just right. to get him to do something. 
And the smartest thing DC ever did was make him an alcoholic biker. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's still just a fish guy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. He's extremely strong. He's strong. He's swimming underwater all the time. Right. In high-pressure situations. You know, uh, pretty two-dimensional when it comes to his feelings. He loves to drink, loves to help fishermen. We actually grew up Aqu- Aquaman fans in my house. My brother's a nice. huge Aquaman fan. <laughs> you know how people, just, some people just latch on to a character. My brother latched on to Aquaman young, and like he still loves him. He still thinks he's great. Well, I it, for me, it depends on which version. I, I love the filmation version because he's such a boss in that, and he's so commanding. And yeah, yeah, and it's all underwater. It's really cool, right? And I and I like the um, some of the uh, Justice League. You know, the Bruce Tim, the. Uh, the the direct to DVD oh, movies yeah. that have Aquaman in there, I love those. And then, of course, uh, Jason Momoa, yeah. Aquaman. You know, I mean, okay, and maybe this, if, if everyone's okay with it, maybe this will slide into Thunder Talk. <laughs> Great, awesome. Yeah, we. That's a that is a tangent. Yeah. That maybe is an Aquaman, the most fuckable super friend. That's that's when they. I think that's when they finally completed this 60-year loop on the guy. <laughs> yeah. this, this, they, they finally locked him in. Well, I, the second most. Second most fuckable? Okay, what? Most. You're into... Uh... Which one is the second most fuckable? Well, Aquaman, because... This is well, definitely well, going in Thunder Talk. If Aquaman's second most fuckable, hey, everybody, here's a mystery. Who's the first most fuckable? The first is... Hit us up, email, Instagram, any of our social media <laughs> bullshits. Again... Mark will send you a free T-shirt as paid for by Wheatley. Uh, if you go ahead and let us know who the first most fuckable wonder friend is. Or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wonder friend. Super friend. Oh, Super friend. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anyway. At any rate. <laughs> um. Jumping catfish up. Mandarins men crash their boat. That'll teach them to mess with us and our underwater friends. Yeah. And maybe next time, they'll remember to wear their life vests and emergency breathing gear. It doesn't look like there will be a next time. Let that be a lesson to us all, Tadpole. Be prepared for the worst, or you may be sorry. Tusky says they look like they're sleeping. Yeah, sleeping with the fishes. Let's go, Aqualad. Talk exclusive. <laughs> Matt Beaver, it's where it's at right now, everybody. We got some sounds coming at you that are going to blow your goddamn mind. What's up, man? How's it going? Pretty shitty, pretty shitty. But uh, all good art is derived from shitty, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm excited uh, to hop on here with you and share some of the stuff coming up. Uh, we're gonna have some shows that uh, you're doing. We're gonna talk about here in a minute. You got some tracks dropping, of course. Talking about a little bit of post punk, a little bit of new wave. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, it's, uh, is that what you'd call it too? If we had to get down and dirty with that genre, yeah, yeah, definitely. What are your inspirations, dude? Why, 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 uh, why are you reaching back forty plus years and and then advancing, evolving that hot late '70s through mid '80s sound? What's uh, what's going on with that? 
Yeah, man. Uh, I've just been a fan for years of, you know, that new wave sound of Depeche Mode and The Cure and, you know, just that vibe of like new wave and just sort of like that that storytelling of, yeah, maybe there's an issue or maybe there's a concept behind the songwriting, but it's also like the deepness of the message, like, oh, maybe there's good out of it, maybe there's bad out of it, but it tells that story and it shows that time. So like that's sort of like what I loved about it, you know, like seeing Depeche Mode do these stories and have these cool, cool freaking, you know, I don't know, they would just reach so many people and in an emotional way and make them not feel alone and i really like that feeling you know oh no i dig it i dig it dude no you're my new personal jesus hell yeah uh, misery it's it starts with misery and then it grows from there and so many things are derived from misery uh, which which are positive Susie and the banshees dude the cure you know i was yeah. listening to a new single which everybody oh you're gonna be hearing in uh, just a minute here in the vein of post-punk and then the true evolution of new wave where we begin with misery we begin with pain as the motivator and moving forward into solution what within you did that general genre and musical evolution in your artistic journey where did you find that spark honestly man i found it at my lowest point man like i was at the point where i lost my family i just wanted to give up you know the perfect image in my head wasn't there you know I just it's really when you rock bot when you hit rock bottom you know you sort of analyze things a lot more and you know it was a hard thing for me but you know it made me stronger and then now that I'm stronger I'm alone you know I learned about codependency Mm. which codependency is a crazy thing that you know narcissism causes all these things you know, they, they really mess with your head, whether it makes you feel like you're not good enough. It makes you feel like you need that person. But the only thing that's fucking with your head is these people making you feel that way. So once I analyzed that shit and I started working on myself saying, I don't need this. I'm better than this. And honestly, just having good supportive people like, you know, Colt Coons from the Helen hmm. Roosters, you yeah, know, yeah. Anyone that, you know, Omar Medina from the Family Light Band, people like Dormance. I've had so many, so many awesome people around me supporting me. Perry White, a famous fashion designer. All these people just telling me, Matt, you have to find yourself. You have to take a break from this toxic shit. Find yourself. And honestly, that's when I put it into music. And not even a, a year or two later, you know, I'm just... I'm playing these cool shows. I got a couple of cool shows coming up. I'm putting out, I put out a 30 song album. You know, there's so many Damn. good things happening for me. Yeah, it's awesome, man. So from rock bottom to a 30 track album, that's, uh, that's side one, two, three, four, five, and six right there. <laughs> I mean, if you're paying for that 180 gram, like new fucking vinyl, uh, just, you're going to have to <laughs> dig a little deep on that. You have to dig a little deep. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. So Cole Coons, yeah, no, Cole Coons, he fucks with the show. He's my brother. He's my brother. Yeah. He's family, by the way. You've been uh, you've been fucking around with him musically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's actually sitting in on bass for a couple of our shows next month. We got uh two shows coming up, uh nine nine and nine eleven, uh one in Riverside and one in L.A. We're super stoked, man. I got a full band, a full lineup of just good ass people, good hearts, good, good, uh, you know. Just good souls, and and that's what I always base my music off of. Is just like 
you know, people that are real, you know, and, and it really puts together this art in a special way, man. Cole Coons, you're living with him, by the way. My advice, do your own dishes, dude. Don't <laughs> keep, keep that air conditioner set at 78. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm so fortunate, man, like, you know, to have good people like Colt around and people to keep me in check, you know, of, of what's valuable in life. And, you know, that's what we really need. We need to build a support and a community that we could all reach out to when we're, you know, at a low point, you know, because you never know what someone's going through, you know, like they might be on the verge of suicide and, and, you know, you don't know whether they are or not, but you have to at least give them the respect, like, oh, I'm here for you. Look past that selfishness and look into your heart and say, okay, I could be there for someone else because that's going to tenfold give me something good, you know, a good right. feeling. And that and that's more than money could ever buy, you know, is <sighs> hel- helping someone with some advice that maybe got them through a day. Shit, like that's what I, I'll live for that, you know, like that, that's what life's about, you know. Let's talk about those shows coming up. So you got one in Riverside, everybody. My phone number remains 951, which is superior to 909. Uh, not quite as good as 818, which would be the 951 of uh, the the 310. Hit me up on the email if you get that joke. Uh, we'll send you a T-shirt. <laughs> I'm not saying it'll be a Thunder Talk T-shirt, but I'll, I, mean, I don't know. I got, a, I got a whole fucking fistful of T-shirts I'll send you. Maybe one of Bjork kissing Bjork uh, from her... Uh, Isabel single, which is beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know that in Iceland, only half the population identifies as Christian, but over 90% says they believe in elves and gnomes. What the? (laughs) That's real. That's real. Yeah. Let's put that in your fire and smoke it. You posers. (laughs) Let's talk about those shows. So we got one in Riverside. When's that one coming up? Our show coming up in Riverside is awesome. Uh, it's going to be on 9-9 at the Concert Lounge. And uh, we got awesome bands. We have Closed Tier, Mailed Tears, and then we have uh, Gallo's first show as a band, which is very important. Um, he's a big DJ out in Riverside. You know, they're all sort of local bands from Riverside or L.A. So right. it, it's super exciting. You know, it's a mixture of new wave mixed with dark wave and it's going to be a good time, you know. Where in L.A.? When in L.A.? What in L.A.? So, uh, L.A. show is at the 1720 Warehouse, 9-11. La- last show they had there was packed with 1,200 people. Fuck. So, I'm super stoked, yeah. Cha-ching! So, nice, yeah. dude. What's that all about, dude? It's going to be a dance party, bro. I mean, we're just going to bring good vibes and, and a fun time. And for me, music is sort of about forgetting just that night or that moment and living in the presence and just like, you know, vibing, having a good experience, you know, and just enjoying the night because you never know. You got to go to work. You got to take care of your kids. You got to do something the next morning, worry about your job or the stresses of life. But it, the, that's the cool ass thing about music is you get that escape, you know, whether it's for one night, it's like, fuck, dude, like sometimes that could be therapy itself, you know, just to get that to clear out your mind for a bit, you know. So where on the internet can people find you? What what are your what are your what are your internet deets? Yeah, so you could find me on Bandcamp. I have uh, a thirty song album on there, or you could also stream me on any major platform, Spotify, uh, any of that any of that good stuff. You could buy merch or any of my music at my website, which is of sun o f s u n dot media backslash 
F-E-V-R for fever. And yeah, you could follow me there or you could also follow me on Instagram, Fever Music, F-E-V-R Music. And I keep everything updated on my Instagram. So if that's the best way, that's cool. And I'm constantly supporting other musicians, you know, giving, helping them with video content, whatever I can to inspire another artist because most of the time they inspire me. So I owe it to them to, you know, be on this journey together. And the day and age that we live in, it's almost like these bands are small businesses. So we're all growing together if you think about it, you know. Right. So right. since the beginning of time of Ego, you know, <laughs> to where you, you got to be cooler than the last band. It's like, no, it's no longer that way. We're starting a community that I have uh, Jose from DGFN1, uh, DJ Esser, DJ La Apples, uh, DJ Monster Zero. All these people are supporting me and local artists, and we're, and we're all growing together, which is such a cool thing. Heart Attack is what we're going to be blasting right now. Why don't you give us a little synopsis about that? Heart Attack is a new music video that we're going to be releasing this next month. This is uh, one of the deeper songs for me because it, it's just about anxieties. And I know a lot of people suffer anxiety, so it's like it could be so many different directions it could be in a way of anxieties of life anxieties of losing someone anxieties of a relationship anxieties right. of going to jail because you don't know if you're going to have freedom you know there's people in other countries that lose their freedom as individuals so it's i just feel like it's like i wanted to write something from my heart that a lot of people would understand and i feel like it naturally came out and i'm super excited because i've had fans tell me like Oh, it's their favorite song, and it just made me so happy. And I just want to thank you fans, too, for being there for me, because that really fuels me and, and makes me happy that I didn't go through this pain for no reason. You know, like, I went through this pain to help others. And I, I'm super excited to for you guys to hear it. And, you know, I, I can't wait till this releases. And, and, you know, this is the beginning of something good. And I'm so happy you guys are along with me for this journey. You're, you're big medicine to all of us out there going through anxiety right now would you say this is uh the message of the track we're about to play would apply to producer editors of a podcast that hasn't done shit for about four months because the crust of their entire planet is fucking cracking i i would definitely say that you know and and i i like not you know i i i understand you and i feel like that's why you know we get along and we understand each other because we've been in similar situations and you know, I know it's hard, but there's always a light at the end. There's always a light. You know, you sit in darkness so long, but as if you're okay with that darkness, you could get through it. You know, you're you're going to be okay. You guys all just make it happen by even sharing your love with me. I'm just really grateful for you and and good people like you and and you know, this is what makes the world go around if we could all be together and work together, you know, because we're all artists struggling. So why make that harder? Let's stick together, you know, and and just feed each other good energy and we'll all fucking rise to the top, you know? Well, goddamn, dude. Matt Fever, my personal motivation coach. He's now your personal motivation coach. Matt Fever, everyone. Heart attack.
how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcons' physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comic Books podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. So, they cut out a section of the clay pipe and put some 8-inch PVC down there and then, like, put a saddle and did this whole thing. But obviously, it's disconnected from the sewer line. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, I, I call call the plumber. Hey, you know, can you come fix this? And, okay, well, we'll be out there did, tomorrow. Real quick, did you already give the plumber 2600 bucks? No. No. Okay. Okay. No. So the plumber shows up 1030 the next day, and we have been using our facilities that whole uh, this whole time like a porta potty. Yeah. You know, whoa, so whoa, 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 hold just... up, hold up, hold up. You say you've been using like a porta potty. If it's As yellow, in, let it It doesn't up. flush. A porta potty doesn't flush. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, got it. Understood. So they start working and it doesn't take them very long to get, you know, at least connect us and we can use things again. Now they spend the rest of the day filling this ginormous hole. This is a huge hole. And so dude, I'm working from home like I do. And in the late afternoon, I hear a kaboom and I go, uh Oh, like what kind of kaboom? <laughs> oh, it, like uh electrical, you know, like a transformer blue. Okay. Got it. Got so it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that definitely came from my house. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happened, but I, I have to go out there. So I go out there, and there's the two guys in, in their tractor. And they go, oh, we're sorry, man. We think we hit the wire, but it, it doesn't look damaged. I was like, oh, no, that's completely damaged. I look at this wire. This wire is now, instead of being, you know, eight foot in the air, it's like four foot in the air. Jeez. And it's like, sweet, sweet. <laughs> Huh. So I go look at it, and it's cracked open, and you can see where it had been broken open. It had sparked and connected to the cab of their equipment. And so I was like, yeah, you're going to have to fix this. So this is a young dude, and he's he's like kind of visibly upset. They were like, oh, man, this job is finally done. It's taken us forever. Because, like, you know, we started this whole effort on March 16th. 
Jesus. You know, just on March 16th, did we start digging a hole to replace our sewer? You started this effort when you signed the mortgage papers, <laughs> and the previous owners just ran away like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> well, she died. Oh, <laughs> so, so the, the previous that's how frustrating owner. it was. That's yeah. how frustrating it was. This house actually killed a person. Well, I mean, it's 80 years old, and it was just time, I guess. Anyway, so he calls us. What, the house or the lady? <laughs> the house. <laughs> okay, got it. So, you know, hey. and he calls his boss, and I, I'm I'm telling him, hey, I know an electrician. Uh, our electrician happens to be our DM for our D&D and Traveler game. I mean, did you, did you tell the plumber that? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't tell him. I was okay. just like, hey, I know somebody. And hey, you know, we're looking, for, we're looking for a lawful evil fucking uh, elf <laughs> mage, if you're interested, if you know anybody that's interested. But anyway, you need to fucking pay for this. Yeah. So his boss says... Yeah, just send us the bill and we'll figure it out. My friend, I give him a call. He shows up like an hour later. Uh, you know, super nice. good dude. And he starts looking at it. He's going to go to his suppliers and see if he can find what we need to replace. Right. Nope. <laughs> so he's like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to try again whenever everything's not closed. It, so the next morning he gets there, he informs me they just bought the last 59 feet of this particular, you know, wire. Of this, of this old ass, out of stock, <laughs> fucking 1970s well, wire. Well, it's it's supply chain issues, right? So it's like the type where it's got that aluminum steel core and then has like two wires wrapped around it and it connects everything you know like okay. once the ground and da, 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 da. yeah yeah and he my friend you know he, he does the thing gets us all hooked up and we're like yay and he sends us a bill and then i send that bill to the plumber on saturday mornings particularly if there was two cartoons on at the same time that you liked. You'd switch back and forth sometimes. And I can remember like when the commercial break would come, I'd be ready to shift over and see what's on CBS or NBC, usually CBS. But if the Schoolhouse Rock came on, I'd stop and see which one it was going to be. And, and you know, because we liked them. They were fun to watch. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, aside from the educational value for us, from a pure programming perspective, Point, I would think ABC loved it if it keeps you keeps you from changing the dial. If it keeps you from switching over, because once you switch over, you may not switch back. You know, yeah, right, yeah. And I was the remote control at that house, so because I was the youngest <laughs> one in the house. Let me ask you this, Ned: If you're watching first run Schoolhouse Rock, I'm going to make some assumptions here. I apologize. I'm going to say you had no more than two televisions in your home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, two. There was there was the one in the in the family room, and then there's one in my parents' room. There you go. And so the family room TV, you were master and commander of that remote Saturday mornings. No, no, mornings. I was not master and commander of the remote. <laughs> I was the remote. You I were. changed it to whatever. Got it. Okay. Whatever. Whatever they told me, there was the channel is the one I had to go switch. Stand it up, to. walk over to the TV, exactly. and click yeah, it exactly. left or right. Exactly. Got there it. There was no autonomy in my on the. Oh, that. we see. That's why I was so astonished by. No. Uh, no. Wow. So this kid got to have the clicker, bitch. Ain't no clicker. 
Okay. Right. I was the clicker. Yeah. There was no clicker. <laughs> well, I, I have Ned full control in my house because I had two older brothers that wasn't interested in watching Saturday morning. And then I had one older brother that was a year older than me and he wasn't interested in watching it. So I could watch whatever I want because one of the oh, conversations okay. I had at Turner with you, Ned, and probably a whole lot of other people who had control of the television. And then you hear all these stories. Oh, my older brother had control of the TV, so I didn't get to watch what I wanted. Or my older sister had control of the TV. I mean, that was a real thing back in the day. Like, who had control of the television? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I read an article. This guy mm-hmm. wrote uh, an article that they used to rotate Saturdays. So one Saturday, one sibling would have control. The following Saturday, another kid would have control. That's how they did it in, in that person's house. And I don't right. think I would have liked that rule either, you know, because that still meant I was missing something I wanted to see. Right. Now, we, we were, my brother and I were pretty good. Uh, That's good. Uh, we, we were We were fairly compatible, and I was usually just happy to watch whatever he wanted to watch mm-hmm. if it meant him hanging out and watching with me for oh, a that's while cool. longer. But he was also up before everybody else. He was one of those that would go to bed at like nine o'clock at night voluntarily as a child. Oh, and then voluntarily. And then wake up at like six and you know five in the morning. He'd, he'd wake up with the farm report. He he would. He he knew he we used to have a milkman in those days, and he knew when he had met the guy. I'd never heard of the guy. I never <laughs> saw the guy, but my brother knew him because oh, he would funny. see him on Saturday mornings. Oh. <laughs> Another concept, folks, that folks don't know about that, you used to get the milk delivered to your house. I know. Isn't that crazy? It makes me sound like, you know, I grew up in the Depression, but it was just the 70s, guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, just bold Ned. It was the 1970s, not <laughs> yeah. the 1870s. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, you know, in my house, it was it was Thunderdome for that remote. It was uh, we battle under what villain for the pleasure of our parents? Of course, you did. No, it was it was hell on earth. My older brother was, you know, he was four or five years older than me, so his fists would do the talking. Now, see, what's funny about that is I had a sister that was six years older than me, and I have no memory of her on Saturday morning. Mm. She did not come down at all. So. Kudos to her, man. She had a life, you know? Well, she she was a teenager. She was sleeping a lot. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and then a younger brother, a younger brother, two and a half, three years younger, who he'd just start crying. Right. You know? And it's all right. of a sudden, it's like, damn it, this thing makes way more noise than you. Okay? Put on whatever the hell it wants to watch. <laughs> My great-grandfather, of all people, witnessed this more times than he could stomach. And when he passed... <laughs> His will wasn't a complicated will. He had three daughters, my grandmother and a couple of great aunts. It was a pretty easy will. But in there was my television, my massive console 400-pound television in my living room. Goes to my grandson, Danny Clink. He was allowed to watch whatever the <laughs> hell he wants to watch whenever he wants to watch it. Wow. Yeah. And they shoved that in the bedroom. And, uh, By law. Yeah. You go out to the living room if you want to watch whatever you want to watch. But in the bedroom... You know, the ghost of my dad's grandpa. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> had had jurisdiction. Th- thank you, Bampa. That's amazing. Mwah. Hey, Thunder Faithful. Hey, Thunder Faithful. Oh, my God. I have missed you. Yeah, it's been a long time. We saw, we've seen more of Dan's nipple than we've seen episodes of Thunder Talk. Oh my God. Yes, Dan's nipple, man. I mean, it's a little hairy. I mean, it's a little pasty. 
I, I some people I'm sure will find it hot though. <laughs> hey, you know what? Everyone is someone's hotness. Like hotness, yeah. Yeah. Dan is somebody's hotness. I'll just leave that with you. So we're 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 back. Yeah, and guess what we have? What's on our tube? So we're gonna bring to our audience today. Uh, we watched an anime. Yes, we did, didn't we? Well, we okay. You're gonna have to narrow that down because we watched a lot of anime. What yes. anime did we watch? We watched My Dress Up Darling. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so good. The name sounds naughtier than the anime actually is. Actually ended up being a lot more wholesome than we thought it would be. There's a little naughtiness in there. Oh, there's a little naughtiness. There's a little fan service in there. But overall, it ended up being more wholesome than I thought it would be just from the name. Like, if you just look at the name, you're like, oh, that sounds like some... Some naughty, naughty shit, but it's not. <laughs> Which I, I think actually that's why we actually hit play the first time. We were just like, oh, what is this? And why is there such a crazy name associated with this anime? Yes. So, so spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Red alert. Spoilers ahead. Okay, spoiler alert. So, my dress up darling. The description on IMDb says... Traumatized by a childhood incident with a friend who took ex- exception to his love of traditional dolls, doll artisan hopeful Wakana Goju passes his days as a loner, filing solace in a room in his high school. Okay, I mean, yes, that's true, but it could be a little more descriptive. I, well, okay, so here's the storyline. So... Wakana Goju cares about one thing, and that one thing is Hina dolls. Yes, he wants, his grandpa makes Hina dolls and is very good at it, and he wants to be that good. He wants to carry on the family tradition of making Hina dolls. Never have to worry about anyone else coming in here after school, and I can bring you with me. (laughs) Hi, beautiful. I'm going to sew your outfit today. Just you wait. (laughs) Kisagawa! I'm so sorry! Does anything hurt? Crap. And so if you do not know what a Hina doll is, it's like this very traditional Japanese doll. And it has certain aesthetics to it. So Wakana Goju, he's having so much trouble finding other people to be his friends. Because he can't even hold a conversation with them. He's such an awkward human. Yeah, and not just that, but it's... I don't think anyone's necessarily made fun of him. Well, I think when he was little, someone made fun of him. And ever since then, he, like, doesn't want to tell anyone that he likes Hina dolls and, like, painting their faces. He definitely has some type of PTSD. But in walks in 
the most beautiful, popular girl in school. Her name is Marin Kitagawa, and she comes out with a secret of her own. So, um, here's the thing. This dress is the first step towards my goal. Goal? Yep, to cosplay. Basically, I want to create replicas of the character outfits in manga, games, and anime. That's cosplay. It allows you to express your love for your favorite characters. Isn't that awesome? Think of it like the ultimate form of love. She wants to cosplay. She loves anime. She wants to cosplay, but she sucks at sewing. No, it's atrocious. I, I, I too have tried to sew a burlap bag and failed miserably. And that's about how well she can sew. So, of course, she sees him because he's in there making like small pieces for Hina dolls, clothes for Hina dolls. And she's like, oh, you can sew? You should sew me an outfit for my cosplay. And of course, just like so many people, the reason why we're kind of touching upon this is because Dragon Con is coming up and there's going to be so much cosplay and we found a cosplay anime. And so here is this super popular girl, beautiful as can be, and she wants to cosplay her favorite video game character. Oh, yes, because she likes anime, but yeah, her the characters that are her favorites are from a video game, or at least her first cosplay is yes, from a video yeah. game. So this is a slice of life anime, and if so, if you like slice of life, you will probably love this. It, it has definitely a wholesome middle to it, um, but it is, it is based off of a manga. I think it's called The Briss Doll uh, Can Fall in Love is the Japanese manga series that's written off of. That manga series is actually illustrated by Sinchichi Fudoka. It's pretty well done. And as far as the anime goes, um, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, it, it had its own stylization definitely for it. Yeah, I really liked it. And what was cute too is the two characters were so different, but... Like, they kind of found this intersection where they could become friends. Yeah, they bonded in their nerdiness. They bonded in their nerdiness, even though their nerdiness was like two different kind of things. And, you know, he lives with his grandfather, and he and his grandfather are really close, and he, like, cooks dinner for him and his grandfather every night. And her parents, or her mom at least, like, her family was gone all the time, and she spent a lot of time alone, and she would eat a lot of, like you know, ramen cups and stuff like that. So she was really excited that he actually cooked for her. And then he'd go over to her house because she wanted to show him. Well, he wanted to see like where her cosplays were coming from. So he went over to like hang out with her and see her video games and see her anime. And then she's like real excited to cook for him and is making like ramen cups in the microwave or something like that. It was very funny. Oh my God, this is like gourmet. I'm a freaking genius. Who knew making omelet rice was such a cinch? Now to wrap this baby up in a little egg blankie and call it good. Oh. 
It it was hilarious. Uh, so the anime, like I said, it's adapted from the manga. It is produced by Cloverworks, who's pretty familiar. Um, it's directed by Keisuke Shinohara and Yuriko Tomita handles the series scripts and Kazumasa Ishida designs the characters and serves as the chief animation director. How many episodes was it? It was, it was fairly short. Like it was serialization. It was 12 episodes. 12 episodes. And of course, like anytime we sit down and we watch like one of these one-off animes, I, of course, I want to pound it, you know, because like you sit down and you're like, oh, this is going to be 28 minutes long. And then of that 28 minutes, there's only going to be 21 minutes of actual anime. And, you know, I thought it was extremely well done. Yeah, I really liked it. It was cute. Sorry, Riker's trying to interrupt our, <laughs> our recording. He's dragging things around the room and being a turd. I, I really want another season of it, but I don't know if it's going to come because it has to wait on the manga. Yeah. And there are these two characters, but there are also other characters that they meet because, of course, he gets really good like he has an attention to detail and he is good at like helping her put this cosplay together and like sewing this outfit for her and everything and then other cosplayers take notice and another cosplayer who's like really big i mean i don't know if it was instagram but basically it was yeah, instagram it, 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 <laughs> and it was anime instagram and she had a really big following and when she saw that quality, high quality yeah. cosplay she's like i want that who made that? I need to find them. They need to make cosplay for me. You have to check out these ones over. <gasps> is there any particular reason we're looking at dolls? I guess because this is a Hina doll shop and dolls are what we sell. <gasps> I know that's what you sell. I was asking you about your cosplay outfits. Huh? Like this. You made it, didn't you? I came to order a cosplay, not some random doll. Uh, wait, wh what do you mean you want to order one? The manga is published by Square Enix and everybody that, you know, plays video games should know yeah everybody square. knows square enix <laughs> hello final fantasy hello final fantasy so like 12 episodes slice of life endearing a whole you know a little bit of fan service a little bit not not as crazy as you would think from the name but yeah a little bit i mean come on the name of her favorite video game is what it was like Slippery Dolls or something like that. Just a second. <laughs> let me look. <laughs> the name is here. Some Slippery Girls 2. It, it, you know, it, it, the, the video game was definitely very eachy. Yeah. So here you have it, friends. That is what we have been watching. And we think to prep for your Dragon Con this year, you should watch <laughs> My Dress Up Darling. <laughs> My Dress Up Darling. <laughs> What will you do when your child asks? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. But I think like the next time we come out to South Carolina, I think we're going to do a Charleston trip, eat our way through it and 
you know, look at some of the museums and everything and check out the the culture, whatnot. Because, you know, I don't think I've ever been to Charleston. Oh, it's beautiful. I've never been to Charleston. How have you never been to Charleston? You live like... <laughs> shut the fuck four- up. Shut the fuck up. Just shut. Just stop. Stop right now. You know, so... My parents are from Charleston, so we used to go every spring break and visit with, with the relatives and, you know, see folks and stuff. And uh, since I've lived down here... I think I've been to Charleston one time. Like, my relatives, they live in North Charleston now. And apparently, my grandmother's house that was in downtown Charleston is unaffordable. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, worth like... Well, first of all, the whole neighborhood has been gentrified anyway. But the house, I think it's sold for something like seven hundred or 800000 Crazy. Yeah, I, I'm sure. You know? It's all about location, location, location. Yeah, yeah. And, and the whole time I used to go visit my grandparents, I never knew we were in downtown Charleston because downtown Charleston looks like a, a suburb in, in Marietta. You know what I mean? It just looks like, <laughs> oh, they're, because yeah. there's not a whole lot of tall buildings or anything like that. And yeah, because it was burnt the, down. The whole right. <laughs> you know, the whole thing was burnt down. Yeah, but I always used to love when my mom and uncle would talk about what it was like growing up in Charleston and and just the the home entertainment, which was people getting drunk, people <laughs> fighting, and how you can get how there were stampedes and how people would get trampled on oh, running wow. from one fight to another and i said this is before television was invented right yeah i said but you guys had radio though <laughs> said, yeah but being out in the street and watching the fights were much more interesting and then they said that there was this alley that they called do as you please alley and uh if you wanted to kill someone if you wanted to sell holy you know, cow do anything illegal and that how it got crazy how it got its name was they killed a cop. And after the cop was killed, the place was a name, Do As You Please Alley, because no one got arrested and they got away with it. And so this is like, I want to say, 1920s Charleston, you know, mm-hmm. the Roaring Twenties, you know, yeah. a lot going oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. And so it's just like interesting because like my brother and I would be so bored down there. And I'm just like, oh, all that was going on, really? You know, but that just seemed to be a thing. Either stay in the house or get drunk and go outside. And and then there was like uh this guy that they called Knife Somebody. Knife Jones would be fighting against Knife Brown. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it sounds like uh, something you'd see like in a bar on Tantooine or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, all this was going on. And my uncle was like, yeah, it was better than television. <laughs> I knew some uh, police officers down in Charleston. And uh, one of the favorite things they like to do, which is, you know, Charleston's the home of the Citadel, the military academy. Right. There's uh, Charleston, the historic uh, town, but there's also there's Mount Pleasant across the Cooper Street Bridge, where mm-hmm. all the movie theaters and nice entertainment's over. And when, when the Casino Cadets would have their weekend leave, they had to still be back for roll call at 9 p.m. that Sunday night. But what the cops would do, they would sit there at the foot of the bridge as they're flying across to make roll call right. and pull right. over for speeding. But oh. they wouldn't. Oh, but here's the best part. They didn't arrest them. They put handcuffs on them, put them in the back of the car, and then drove them up to the Citadel and dropped them off <laughs> and, <laughs> and let their cadet commander deal with it. 
Yeah, <laughs> because that they said, is funny. We, yeah, they said we hated those dark cadets. They're the biggest jerks. We <laughs> so they tried. <laughs> yeah, so that was how they always got them. Oh yeah, the the Citadel was like a big deal. One of my cousins graduated from there, and my mom just would not stop talking about it. Yes, like yes, he went. He was at the Citadel. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like oh okay, well I'm going out now. That's nice to know, and I, and and I've never met this relative either uh, to this day. You know, so that's the other funny thing. So like, I have cousins in Charleston that don't talk to each other. And we're all on the same side of the family. And I was talking you to... You have a really large family. Yeah. So I was talking to one cousin. And I said, do you ever talk to so-and-so? And you know what she said? I don't know those people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, they're strangers. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Some of the reasons why they don't talk have to do with... Like, one cousin called another cousin to invite him to a barbecue. And he goes, oh... Are we cousins? I don't think we're cousins. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow. okay. and, and, and the thing is, the thing oh. is, it, it, it's kind of like sometimes I have to call other family members to find out what the real story is. Cause you know, mm. people are giving you their side of the story, but they're not telling things exactly as they are. You know, the next time somebody has like a blood relation to me references the fact that we're genetically related, I'm going to be like, are we though? <laughs> Are you sure? things that I thought about when I was kind of re-watching some of these. I watched a bunch from the first seasons. Um, or Well, the first season is is the multiplication table stuff. And then I watched right. a lot of the um, the third season, which is the America stuff. And of course, right. what's so great about it, as for me as a kid, and for I'm sure you remember, is that so much of it fell right in line with what we were all into, which was the Bicentennial. Right. You know, the right. Bicentennial was everywhere and everything every oh commercial God. was bicentennial every shop was decorated i mean it was just everywhere and so all that stuff with you know no more kings and and the preamble and all of that stuff just fell right in place with you know the nighttime interstitials like bicentennial minute and you know those all that programming that we were exposed to that was about history at that at that moment now king and we're gonna run it all away with no more king we're gonna elect a president no more king he's gonna do what the people want and they put those principles down on paper and called it the constitution and it's been helping us run our country ever since then the first part of the constitution is called the preamble and tells what those founding fathers set out to do take your powder take your gun for general washington hurry men there's not an hour to yeah, yeah, and and uh, that's how uh, Filmation sold the U.S. of Archie right. to the network. Oh gosh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, because in anticipation of the bicentennial, right? And unfortunately, that franchise—I mean, it's a great show—but that new direction kind of killed the Archie franchise. You right. know, 
Right. Again, it's just like, well, where's all the fun? And, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're learning. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. The The first episode was about the Underground Railroad. And oh, wow. it deals with African-American kids being bussed to Riverdale High. And Reggie is accused of acting like Archie Bunker in the episode. Right. And, you know, there's a, a African-American character named Chuck Clayton that uh -huh. was brought in for this particular season, oh, okay. even though Chuck had been around in the comic books for a couple oh, of okay. years. So now. he was a legit so, Archie character. Yeah, he was a legit Archie character. Yeah, not made up for the right. show. But that's going to be a topic of Dan and I. We're going to talk about can't get the rights to your favorite character. Just oh, sub yeah. them out for someone else. Yeah, that's going to be another <laughs> podcast. But uh, the incongruity in IPs when it comes to who's actually producing their right, angle on right. it. Right now, here's a song about brotherhood that gets it all together. Friendship train. <laughs> episode, Chuck Clayton goes over to introduce himself to the kids that are being bused to Riverdale High, and the new kids, the new African-American kids, look at Chuck and says, we don't, you know, we don't got nothing to say to you, you Uncle Tom. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. damn. <laughs> Just because he was already going to that school? Yeah, because he was already going to that school, and they didn't want to be bused to the school. Right. And they accuse him of being an Uncle Tom. And of course, uh, Reggie started laughing in the background because it's like, wow, wow, I see you're not the only one that's having a hard time with this adjustment. And then they do the flashback to the whole Underground Railroad. Oh, wow. Yeah. So right this out is of the, the US, US of Archie. Archie. Yeah. Where the Underground Railroad episode. You know, people look at Archie, I think, on the surface and dismiss it as something brutally pedestrian, when in fact, uh, it's pretty hardcore and has been really from the get, socially speaking, mm -hmm. kind of on the yeah. forefront of uh, what's happening. Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, like when the Riverdale series came out, you know, a lot of Archie fans were like up in arms over it, but... You know, there have been several failed TV pilots featuring the Archie characters. Mm -hmm. And those pilots failed because they tried to replicate the comic book. And I think right. it was smart that they decided to go in a different direction with Riverdale. Like, okay, it'll be these characters, but we're going to put them in another universe. Right. You know, a universe that viewers could actually relate to. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it became a big success. And some of the episodes... They do pay homage to the comic book, you know. Right. And there are, like, a lot of little Easter eggs in there if you're paying attention. You know, like, the fact that the ghoulies are in the show, you know. Oh, oh, really? Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ghoulies are, like, a gang that's in oh, Riverdale. Funny. Yeah, so oh, that's, and that's cool. right from, from the cartoon series. That's cool. You know. Huh. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, little things like that. Right. But yeah, anyway. Awesome. Um, but back to Schoolhouse Rock. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Dan's gonna have plenty for Thunder Talk. <laughs> oh, good. The national anthem. That means they ain't started yet. We're in luck. That is one terrible song. <laughs> Don't 
Don't start up nothing with me, meathead. I'm watching a game. That's a beautiful song. And shut your face. Oh, it's the song glorifies war. And even as a song, it stinks. Nobody can remember the words. You're going to ruin this game for me. Can you remember the words? Certainly I can. Come on. Give me the first few lines of the national anthem. Give me that dick. Well, Come on. I'll turn it on as soon as you give me the first few lines of the national anthem. I Oh, shaking, you see, by the dawn's early light, what so proudly we hailed of the IC. Wrong. It ain't wrong. It is true. And there is the story of our plumbing. Our, our sewer. Oh, $13,000 later. Jesus. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were zero help. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask about that, because that's kind of a jip, if you ask me. Well, they're in New York, though. I mean, the other on the other hand... It might be an unreasonable ask. I don't want to be a dick. I think uh, probably Ninja Turtles at this point should have just expanded to be like, have regional sections now. Like, you know, there's West Coast Avengers, there's regular Avengers. Like, there should be like Midwest Ninja Turtles, maybe West Coast Ninja Turtles. Would they be like Snapping Turtles, you know, since like it's the South? Yeah, but they're still mutant and ninjas. <laughs> no, they, they, they'd all have like shitty attitudes. <laughs> <laughs> or no, if they were southern snapping turtles, they would be, like, way fucking cool, you know? The kind of turtles that would, if you're, like, broke down the side of the road, they'd pull over just to make sure you're okay. Uh, and then you get to know them, and you realize that they are totally racist. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of actually picturing, like, a Kentucky Fried t- Turtle. A Kentucky Fried Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, uh, hey, that's copyrighted, people. No, Nobody... No, that, that, that's 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 Thunder Talk LLC right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time out. Ninja Turtle with the whole Colonel Sanders facial hair and all that. Uh huh. He wears glasses. Yeah, you know. I like it. That is verbally copyrighted now, people. <laughs> that's ours. Yeah. Hands off. And, and of course, he like stands, you know, just like the Ninja Turtles do, back hind legs, and, and then has suspenders and everything. Yeah, you know, his weapon is a, is a his weapon is a cane. Yeah. <laughs> And cholesterol, like his- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he squirts him out of his armpits. Yeah, blinds you. <laughs> like where was Mario or Luigi when? All okay, this went now down? that's yeah. that's that. You guys, I think you guys have given enough money to Nintendo. To, <laughs> yeah, it should be part of the insurance plan, right? And so, yeah. I mean, we still have. We're we're going to. Dragon we're Con. going to our friend's I wedding. Think, actually, we're going to do Schlitterbahn <laughs> party. And next weekend, we're going to Austin. And wedding in St. Lucia. It should be yeah. part of the insurance plan. Right. We're, we're Dragon We Con. might do Schlitterbahn in uh, Where was July. Mario or Luigi? $13,000 party in Fort Worth. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were in St. Lucia. St. Lucia. St. Lucia. We're going to Dragon Con, right? So after all this, we, we, we are going to be skint. For for cash. Oh, you know? <laughs> you're only taking four vacations this year. Oh, <laughs> it's just like fuck it. We've already put so much yeah. money down the toilet. You know, <laughs> literally. <laughs> we might as well live our lives. Oh, my stomach hurts. I feel like I got gas or something. No, no, no. this ain't gas. What's happening to me? So, Aqua Teen, Forever Plantasm. Yes, sir. How did this project come about, and can you give us a, a very general idea of what we have to look forward to? You know, honestly, I don't 
know exactly how it came about. Um, yeah. You know, those are things, those are ideas that are, or decisions that are made above my pay grade. And sure. because I'm not one of the creators or producers of the show, um, I don't get involved in the conversation that early, but right. I, it's, it's been coming now for, I think almost as soon as the pandemic started, we started kind of hearing noises about it. We've been, I guess we went off the air something like six or seven years ago. Um, but right. it's a show that's remained popular. It was one of the first shows that they put on, on the adult swim area of HBO max, along with, uh, obviously Rick and Morty and, Space Ghost got put on there, and and then and now Squidbillies is on there too. What? What? Yeah. Nice. So, uh, you know, it's it's been a popular show, and I think somebody finally just said, "Let's give it another, uh, you know, iteration." Right. Um, and and I think you know where everybody's looking for content and and streaming content, and you know that's because of streaming now that's kind of opened us up to be able to do kind of one off type things like a movie or a special. Right. So um, I don't know how the idea came about exactly, but uh, I that's my suspicion is that somebody said, "Well, hey, let's let's do it." I mean, it's it's a show that still has fans in the in the office too. You know, there are people who just still just think it's a fun show, and you know, and of course, Dave and Matt were ready to do it, and um, they they wrote a, a I think a really great a really great script. It's it's really funny. Um, it's, it, it feels like an episode in the sense that it, it keeps the flavor of an episode. Um, and it's a good, uh, solid story the way that an episode is, but this time it's, uh, it's an hour and a half long instead of 15 minutes. Um, and it just, it just feels like a bigger episode. So that's fun. Um, Mm. as for what it's about, I, I, I'll be honest. I um, I'm not sure. It's about Aquatine. What I can safely say, other than <laughs> sure. it's about it's the it's it's about the enduring friendship of the Aquatines. <laughs> per- perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, if you want to know what it's about, go 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 watch your go go watch the reruns, everybody. And their neighbor who hates them and yet spends yep. all of his time with them. Good old Carl. Well, I mean. One thing that I'm looking forward to eventually in the evolution of uh, our friends, the Aqua Teens, is Carl finally admitting to himself that uh, that's all he's got, dude. That's, that's all he's got. <laughs> you know, we we get the friends that we deserve. And, uh, you know, one day maybe Carl will have a breakthrough. Well, Carl's got it. He's got his house. Yeah. He's a homeowner. People forget that. And he's got his car. Yep. yep. And in this, I will say, uh, because of certain uh, economic factors of the area where the Aquatines live, their <laughs> houses are becoming uh, valuable. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gentrification, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Okay. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Right on. Right I, on. I'll, I'll just say it's 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 timely in a certain in a certain way, uh, but it's uh, you know it, yeah. So that's kind of a. One of the factors of the movie that I, that I feel sort of okay about uh, divulging. A rolling ball of meat and a, uh, a floating carton of fries that shoots lasers out of its eyes. It's, it's, it's always been art imitating life, dude. Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Attention. Adult swim. All kids out of the pool. It's animation for mature viewers. Sort of. 
Adult Swim, Sunday at 10 on Cartoon Network. All right, friends. It is nine thirty. We are it's getting off. Ten twenty-one. I know. And you guys, are an hour behind time. That's why you're wearing TNC T-shirts. That's why you're. Sitting I there. have a real job to get to. Like that's why you're telling us to do the Bartman. Okay, I have, the past. Be, I have to sit in this chair again in like ten hours for another eight hours. No, I dig it. I dig it. All right, um, Beth. Um, you can find me at Oklahoma, and if I'm doing things that are outside of Twitter, um, they will be listed on Twitter at Oklahoma. Sexy Thor, what's up? Aren't you out there? Yeah, baby. Ring of Thunder, YouTube's Thunder Talk, <laughs> sp- sp- spooky places. That's right. That's right. Wheatley, where can we find Wheatley. you? You can uh, find History of Comic Books podcast on all your podcasting platforms, Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, and so forth. And, of course, uh, find me on the social medias of Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Mark. I think we lost him. You there, Mark? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, hold okay. on. I got I to gotta oh, get oh, my – make sure I get all my info. Oh. I'm, I'm going to check out all this stuff in the background. Oh, yeah. How's he live? I was looking at your posters back there, Mark. Oh, which ones? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what oh, they're. Oh, oh, they're like from a calendar that I had. Oh, I have a Marvel oh. calendar and a DC calendar. And those were up have... in your office. Those used to be up in your office. Yeah, I right. Those are gone. Those so, are um, what's cool about it? The calendars are designed to be posters later. So they right. have like a little line that you can just tear off perfectly. Right, right, right. Perforated. Yeah, to make it into a poster. Um, where can I be found? I can be found on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast, the Thunder Talk podcast. Uh, if you want to order a copy of my book, you can go to my website, tbsool.com and get a signature and a magnet and a sticker. Whole swag bag, whole swag bag of marks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have all of them. <laughs> hey, same, same, buddy. Same. And you can too. Just go over on the show notes. Listen to what our main man, Mark McCray, is dropping right now. You could be part of the, the few, the proud, the Ned and Dan who have all the Mark stuff. Be more like Ned and Dan. Be way more like Ned and Dan, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Mark McTeasel. That's Mark M C T B S O O L. Yeah, so that's where you can find me. Yay. Kavika, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me at Katie Say Rambles On on the Twitters. Look me up, follow me. I tweet about stuff to you, and it is awesome. Awesome. We can get back and record again. It just this weekend we will be in, in Austin for our anniversary. Hey, happy anniversary! What is that? Happy anniversary! Eight years. Eight years. Six, well, six years. years. Six years. Yeah, we did it, right? Yeah. You know? It, she makes being married very easy. My, my wife is the best human our, I know. Our marriage has been easy. It is. You know, it, it's it's nice whenever somebody, you know, you're in the trenches and she just jumps down with you. Or, you know, or vice versa. You, you're, you're, you know you're what? There. Fucking you all can sit there and smash <laughs> each other off mic, dude. Let me know. Tell me when you're at 16 years. Yeah. You, you know, we will. Well... I feel kind of like, okay, so I saw this thing 
online somewhere the other day where people Oh my were god, like Kavika, asking, she's dumping you. It's like no. taking you it's like the twenty first century of taking no. you to a restaurant. Shut your face. Dan. <laughs> shut it. I saw this thing online where people were talking about like what made their marriage last. And someone said, my grandparents said they made like treating each other nice a competition. And I kind of feel like our relationship's a lot like that. Because you and I, we we want to be like kind to each other and nice to each other and make the other one happy. Yeah, I definitely want to make my wife the most successful she can be. So. so there you go. If everybody's trying to like be nice to each other and take care of each other, it, it works out. On behalf of 90% of all of us who are in long-term relationships, marriages, things like that, Beth and Kavika, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Thunder Talk is a production of The Weirdos Workshop. Starring Ned Hastings, Matt Fieber, intro by C. Allen, Beth Allo, Mark McRae, Adam Wedston, Dan Klink, Jonathan Wheatley, and Kavika Allo. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Last episode, I told our audience that the first person to respect and let us know that they've read the show notes and understand the show notes, you know, because that's where you can find us outside of right now when you're hearing us in your ears, that Mark, if they reach out to us, you'd give them a free t-shirt. Right. And and that free t-shirt is going to be paid for by Wheatley. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> wow! I love it! This is great! This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.